0: Well, howdy folks, and welcome back to Talk More Talk, a Solo Beatles video cast. We are a bi-weekly show, mainly dealing with the work of the Solo Beatles. I'm one of your four co-hosts, Tom Hunyadi, and you may know me from my other show, Paul McCartney, or I should say, two legs, the Paul McCartney podcast. <laughs> on tonight's episode, we're going to go country. You know, uh, a lot of people had a good time watching that uh, Ken Burns documentary on the on the on the history of country music. So we thought maybe we'll talk about the uh, influence that country music had on the Beatles and the uh, Solo Beatles. Uh, but before we get to that, let me introduce you to my three other co-hosts. And uh, here they are. Where are they? Are they up? Are we up on the screen? We are. Here we go. We got it. Okay, cool. First up, we've got the queen. I mean, she's the queen of everything. We are just her subject. We are
1: not worthy. But anyways, it's Kittle Tool. Kit, how are we doing? Doing great, Tom. Hi, everybody. The queen of everything. I like this. I, I really, this right. works everybody. for me. <laughs> <laughs> As
0: That's we all that. know. Yeah, Kit is the uh, author of Michael Jackson FAQ, and also this good right here, "Songs We Were Singing." It is the guided tours of lesser-known tracks. And uh, you know, if you want to know more about Kit, there's a little bit right here on the corner of the back of the book, and uh, you'll learn all there is to know about the Queen of All Media, <laughs> Beatles Media, right there. <laughs> also joining us is the uh, YouTube sensation Joe Mayo. Joe, how you doing, my friend?
3: Yeah! How you doing there, everyone? Howdy, y'all. Good to see yeah. you.
0: <laughs> As we all know, Joe, Joe has a uh, excellent uh, YouTube station. Uh, me and Thank Mr. You. Mayo go over there and check it all out. He does a lot of reviews on solo Beatles music and Beatles. He's got uh, a lot of great videos on his Beatles finds that he, that he gets uh, you know, a couple times a month. And, and he does a great rant video, too, series that's uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> So, uh, Joe, we're glad to have you here. Also, last but definitely not least, he is the uh, podcasting um, innovator. He is a pioneer. He's ground zero, if you will. He is Ken Michaels. Ken, what's going on?
2: Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi, Beatle fans. Welcome to another show. Yeah, Yeah, I can.
0: Ken Ken Michaels is the host of a uh, great syndicated uh, Beatles uh, radio uh, show called Every Little Thing. And by that, he does play Every Little Thing. He is also the co host of a great Beatles podcast that I love very much uh, called uh, Things We Said Today, that he does with Alan Cozen and Darren DeVivo. And once again, Ken Michaels. So, how's everybody doing? We're doing all right. We're doing good. All right, cool. I also want to get up here, Paul. Before we get to the news, I also want to give a shout out to our, our friend and co-host, uh, Kenneth, Doctor Kenneth Womack. Here's his latest book, Solid States: The Story of Abbey Road and the Beatles, or and the end of the Beatles, I should say. Um, as um, we mentioned last uh, on the last show, Kenneth Womack, he's been teaching a course on the Beatles. So how fun would that be just to sit there and just listen to this man teach us about the Beatles? And I'm sure it's other things to go with the Beatles. I'd well, go back but, to school uh, for that. No yeah, kidding. Yeah. yeah. let's all get on a school bus and go to Dr. Woman's class. I think <laughs> that would be a great time. But Ken should be back with us next year, I believe, once that, once that course is over with. And so mm-hmm. if you haven't checked it out yet, Ken's book is out now, Solid State. It's a must-have. Get it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're, as I we're said, reading we're reading it
2: right now. Yeah, yep. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And as I said, we're going to be talking about the country music, uh, the, the effect that it had on the Beatles, and the influence it had on the music of the solo Beatles. Uh, but before we get to that, Ken Michaels, all the latest and greatest news. Go ahead. <laughs> Give okay, it to us. We'll
2: start with uh, news about uh, what, for some of you, will be an important release for the Beatles Collector. A new box set of the Beatles singles will be coming out on uh, november the 22nd including 23 vinyl seven inch singles and they're all housed in faithfully reproduced international picture sleeves along with a 40-page booklet of photos ephemera and detailed essays by beatles historian kevin howlett who's a busy guy lately you know just working on the uh, abbey road box set there These singles, along with an exclusive new double A-side single for the Beatles uh, for their two hits from the 90s, Free as a Bird and Real Love, are newly remastered from the original multi-track master tapes and cut for vinyl at Abbey Road Studios. And it's a limited edition box set. November 22nd is also the same date For the release of Paul McCartney's new single for Record Store Day and Black Friday, two songs from the Egypt Station Sessions, never before released, Home Tonight and In a Hurry, available on 7-inch vinyl with 12,000 copies made and digitally. Okay, busy day for us on November the 22nd.
0: That should be that should make twenty four and twenty the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth song released uh, from the Egypt Station sessions if you count the medley as you know three different songs. So uh, I think wow. we're right about we're right about where Paul said. I think he said there was about twenty five songs uh, recorded. Yeah. For, this, uh, for this album. So this should be pretty much everything.
2: Is it really up to that? I, I didn't think it was.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, but if you count the the three the three medley songs as as one, it it's up to twenty five now.
1: Okay. And we have a question uh, from uh, Tony. Hi, Tony. Will the Will McCartney single be on CD? And um, as, I haven't heard anything about it.
2: Yeah, as far as, of as now, I know. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just no. vinyl and digital for the yeah. moment. Okay. Some news about Ringo. He will be involved with a uh, conversation with David Lynch and photographer Henry Henry Diltz to promote his brand new book of photos called Another Day in the Life. This will be happening on October the 29th at 8 p.m. at the Sabre Theater in Beverly Hills. No word at the moment as to whether or not that will be streamed. Hmm. Since we're talking about Ringo, as everyone knows, in the last couple of weeks we've all heard The new version of Grow Old With Me, which is going to be on the new album, What's My Name, due out October the 25th. And this, of course, is Ringo's cover of John Lennon's song, which was on Milk and Honey. John only got to make a demo of the song, and we have that recording on Milk and Honey. Plus, there was a version uh, that was on the John Lennon Anthology box set with orchestration added to the demo uh from george martin and his son giles there's also other recordings of the song that have been bootlegged one on acoustic guitar and all but i'm wondering since it's been out you've all had a chance to hear it what are your thoughts you've all been writing something on facebook and (laughs) social media anyway but now let's let's hear it from the horse's mouths uh we'll start with kit how about you
1: well, and and many of you watching right now, and hello everybody. Um, you know, probably you may have seen the the discussion on my Facebook page. I couldn't believe <laughs> the reaction that Grow Old with me. God, I mean, it was. You know, there were people who really liked it. There were people who, for one reason or another, thought it was disappointing. Um, and and I, I just I'm amazed at how polarized people have become over this um i like it you know i mean it's i think it's a really um touching tribute um i think you know ringo i think sounds terrific on it actually i think Mm -hmm. his voice well and on what's my name i'm i'm very very uh excited to hear this album because you know he sounds you know a good good voice um yes it would have been nice to have a little more paul Um, On the track, although, you know, if you listen on headphones, you can really hear his bass and he does some great bass work on this. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. And um, but I really um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it's it's garnering this this kind of reaction. I mean, he didn't do it the way John did. But that's okay i mean you know to me what john did it was it sadly will always be unfinished you know it was basically you know a demo that that he recorded and so you know i don't think it's disrespectful i think it's a touching tribute to a to a friend
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i i definitely agree with you there um but um how about you joe
3: i think it's just wonderful i've heard it several times now it it Grows on me more and more as as I hear it. I mean, I liked it right from the beginning, but I now I really like it. Uh, Ringo's voice, I mean, it's it's very very well done the way he sings. He sings very tenderly is a good word I would use. Love love the emotion in his voice. You could tell it means a lot to him. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, I can't really hear Paul uh, yet, but I'm only I'm only listening on my phone and on the computer right now i haven't gotten the album obviously uh and of course there's a little something near the end where ringo says god bless you john very softly in there which is a nice touch uh i did i did want to want to cover something though um you know there was an interview with ringo where he had said that when jack douglas presented him with the tape of Grow well, Old With Me, the Bermuda uh, recordings that uh, supposedly John had said on it, uh, you know, this one's for you, Ringo or Richard Starkey and so forth. And, you know, I, I just took that at face value. Ringo was talking about it. He got very emotional, kind of choked up. And I thought how beautiful that is, too. You know, that uh, he said, since John couldn't really do a proper version, I, I figured I'll do it. Uh, then later on, on social media, after discussing, it, it was brought up that, you know, which I had remembered, you know, from listening to the Lost Lennon tapes back in the day, that, of course, we know John had said he intended, possibly, nobody told me, could be Ferringo, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe life begins at 40, right. but uh, that there was nothing on record that we know of that uh, he had said that for Grow Old With Me. So then, then you're wondering, well... I wonder if Jack Douglas had a different tape, uh, or perhaps Ringo and or Jack are kind of confusing which one was the dedication, you know, or the Ringo comment uh, at the beginning. Don't know, but I thought that was interesting, and it doesn't in any way uh, take away from the emotion of the track. It's so beautiful, but uh, that's a nice little extra tidbit that I thought was nice if it had been
2: accurate. Right. It was always my understanding. I always heard through the years that nobody told me was written for Ringo. Right. But you never know as, as John's recording this, that could be his thought in the moment. Yeah. You know, he might not mm-hmm. have been thinking about that long term or into the future. Maybe at that moment he thought, Oh, this could sound good for Ringo. But mm-hmm. you know. Uh Tom, how about you?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I enjoyed it for for what it was. It's a, it was as you all said. It's a great tribute to uh, to his friend John Lennon. Um, you know, those who have said that it doesn't sound like the Lennon's version. Well, Ringo doesn't sing like Lennon, so it, you know the production had to be, you know, a little different. So I, I have no problem with that at all. I. Did like his vocals. Sometimes I do worry about his more softer uh, vocals on tracks, but because I always think of Ringo as more of a rock and roll singer, and I think that's where he's strongest as a singer. But on this track, I, I think it's 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 really song, or really solid. Um, the bass playing kit, like you said, really nice. I think it fits the song very well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wish Paul's vocals would have been up a little higher, but I think it was important to establish that this is a Ringo song, not necessarily a Ringo. Mm-hmm. Right. Paul's song. So I, uh, you know, I don't mind the, the 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 vocals of Paul's being you know buried for that reason. So take it away, Ken.
2: Yeah, well, I kind of agree with most of what all of you said. I think it's just a very good version, and I like the fact that they didn't try to copy John's recording, right, or or the one that George Martin orchestrated. You know, and just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't try to do John's version only with Ringo's vocals on it. So it is Ringo's take on it. I like uh, Joe Walsh's guitar work. I am a little disappointed wanting more Paul vocal in the background. Although Mm -hmm. some people might think, well, that could take away attention away from Ringo. But, you know, Mm -hmm. there are songs like Walk With You where it worked so great. Or Beautiful Night where you can Mm -hmm. hear the two of them together. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have detracted that much from Ringo. But um, it's still a good recording. Uh, I always say when you've got a great song, you can't ruin a great song. And uh, <laughs> "Roll with me is a beautiful song which I think should be a classic. And um, mm-hmm. you know the more that people discover it, however they do, whether it's uh, Ringo's version, Glenn Campbell did a really good version of the song uh, mm-hmm. about 10 years ago. Um, Mary Chapin Carpenter had a top 10 single with it on the adult contemporary mm-hmm. charts. In the U.S., so other people have covered the song. I still wish more people would be aware of it. You know, mm-hmm. it should be another in my life, as far as I'm concerned. I, I really love the song that much. It is beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully,
0: this, hopefully the this song has has gotten enough interest or piqued enough people's interest that they'll actually buy this uh, this ring, this particular Ringo record. So hmm. we'll see
2: what happens. He alerted me uh, to this uh, concerning Elton John who has a new memoir out, it's called Me. It's officially out now. And in the book, Elton reveals that two years after John Lennon died, Yoko Ono summoned Elton to the Dakota and asked Elton if he'd finish up some demos that John had recorded. So this was long before Yoko gave Paul the cassette tape of the John demos for the Beatles anthology. Elton turned down this offer and he's quoted in the book as saying, I thought it was too soon. This time wasn't right. Actually, I didn't think the time would ever be right. Just the thought of it freaked me out. I thought it was horrible. Yoko was insistent, but so was I. So it was a very uncomfortable meeting. That's the end of his uh, quote. But as it turned out, those songs ended up on Milk and Honey, as they were. So it was the songs that were on Milk and Honey. So maybe Elton got to hear a girl with me, too. (laughs) You know? Before uh, the rest of us did, before Milk and Honey was released, but I never heard that before until yeah, this no. new Elton John book. Oh, it's no. just interesting, since I know you know John Lennon and Elton John were good friends, that Yoko thought of Elton first before he would before she would think of Paul <laughs> or the other Beatles. Right. No. Okay. And um, also news on Abbey Road, the album which made an impressive jump to uh, number three on the Billboard charts upon the release of the uh, different configurations for its 50th anniversary. And this week it drops down to number 13 on the album charts. The Beatles also have two other albums in the top 200. The number one compilation, Beatles One, is at number 59. The Beatles White Album is at
0: 180.
2: That's it for the news.
0: Okay, well, I got one more little news item. Um, it's more of a Amazon purchase um, for you out there that are vinyl collectors, and if you've been waiting for the price of the concert for George to go down, now is the time to buy because Amazon has it for fifty six dollars, and you will not find a better price for that. That's um, a good
3: price, very good price, yeah, a really good LP,
0: price for LP set. Um, with seven sides, cause side eight is more of a image on it than anything. But, um, but yeah, $56. I ended up getting it for 63 the week before and then the price came down even more. <laughs> and I was like really stunned. But uh, but a great purchase. It's a great buy, and if you guys are in the market for for that on vinyl, now is the time to get that. So um, now, getting into tonight's topic, uh, country music and the uh, the influence it had on the Beatles. I want to go around and just ask the three of you. Um, you know what do you think of country music in general? what are your thoughts i mean are you a fan or do you dislike it um, kit? I noticed that you you were watching that uh, p b s uh, Ken burns documentary on country music and you were pretty vocal about it I mean you looked like you were learning a lot so I mean were you a country fan before that and I mean have you become
1: a country fan since uh watching that show. Yeah, I mean, I was never a huge country fan, I have to admit. But really, particularly the first few episodes of, of that documentary really opened my eyes. I mean, and, well, and, and ears. Um, that it really, you know, it, you really saw how country, you know, not only encompasses so many different musical styles. I mean, everything from like Irish folk music to gospel to, you know, you name it. But then, of course, to see how, um, you know, country music then became, I mean, and I knew this, of course, you know, that it's one of the foundations of rock and roll. I mean, I knew that, But, um, but it was just fascinating to see it. You know, covered like this, and to learn about you know the Carter family, which of course I, I had heard of, but boy, you really get a sense of how important you know really important they were. Uh, Jimmy Rogers, same thing, um, and uh, you know, and Hank Williams. I mean, I still have to go get my Hank Williams album because after after watching this, I'm like, I'm I'm a fan. You know, I mean, I knew some of his stuff, but what a songwriter he was, and uh, you know, so. It really, I'm not going to say that I'm going to sit and listen to country music for hours on end from now on, but I have a new appreciation of it. Um, and, uh, and you really, as I said, you, you just see how it, it was the foundation for so much, you know, rock and all that that came after it. You know, it's, it's, okay. a, it's fascinating.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, Joe, what
3: are your thoughts on country music? Well, um, I didn't see the documentary. A lot of people have been raving about it, though. Um, yeah. Country music for me—I never was a big fan, you know, like you, kid. But I didn't dislike it or or hate it. I mean, I know right. people that just really flat out say I hate country music for whatever reason. Me, I guess it depends on the song. It depends on the artist. Uh, if I hear a good song, I like a good song. Really, is all it comes down to. My earliest memories, uh, I guess, would be my mom actually buying Lynn Anderson Rose Garden on a 45 mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, from the early 70s, and I really loved that song as a little kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, she would play some Donna Fargo around there, kind of countryish ish there. Uh, I, I listened to a lot of stuff from my mom's collection. Uh, that's how I got into 50s stuff. You know, that's another show. Uh, but... In recent years I've really been getting an appreciation for the man in black, Johnny Cash, yeah.
1: you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm.
3: and uh forget I'd honor him with a T shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, that's basically uh how it goes for me, you know, Hank Williams. I mean anything that I hear that sounds good, I'll you know, I'll enjoy it. That's all. But I, I don't actively go out and seek out country music just for the sake of it, kinda of thing. Gotcha. Okay.
0: okay. Ken, your thoughts?
2: Um, I have very diverse tastes in music and country is one of the many styles that I like. I'm not going to say that I'm an avid fan. I don't follow it religiously. I kind of feel the same way that Joe does. And by the way, thank you, Joe. Rose Garden, (laughs) Lynn Anderson. (laughs) Um, that was, that's one of my favorite hit records of all time. And it was (laughs) one of my mom's favorite records. And every time I hear that record, I think of her, but my introduction to country music um, was probably in the 60s with Johnny Cash and people like that. Whatever was played on Top 40 radio, Roger Miller, uh, you know, Harper Valley PTA from Gene C. Mm-hmm. and people like that. But I especially liked a lot of the 70s uh, music, like Charlie yeah. Rich, who's one of my favorite oh, yeah. singers. I like smooth vocals like that. Yeah. I like a band like Alabama, for example. Mm-hmm. They were so, so big, um, you know. George Strait is one of the biggest country artists of all time. Whatever I've heard from him, I like. I like a lot of the, the, the current country music, but I don't know it well enough to, to be an expert on it. But, you know, I'm open minded to all different types of music. But, uh, yeah, and then there's all the country crossover artists. Like I said, Charlie Ridge, someone like that. Um, yeah. When Olivia John first came out, she was considered country, believe country. it or not. You know, yeah. she was a crossover artist. John Denver. You know, it was like both country and pop. And I love all that music, too. So, yeah, there's, I, I'm open to anything. But, um, you know, I like a lot of country stuff. And I wish that it's... Take, take me home, Kenver. country
3: roads. I had to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> the <interruption. laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs>
1: and, and I will say, I had a, a little bone to pick with uh, with the documentary because one of my other favorites is Ronnie Millsap and he barely yes. got like a mention. And I thought, yeah. why? He was, I mean, I, I think he's he fantastic. A, he was huge. Yeah. He was huge. And
0: until George Strait passed him, he he had the record for most number one country hits mm-hmm. until yeah. recently, until George, George Strait passed him. So, yeah. But, you know, like you can, you know, I enjoyed the, the, those crossover hits i mean especially i was kind of introduced into to country music in the early 80s with those crossover hits that kenny rogers had dolly yeah. parton had you yeah, know yeah. Millsap had you know crystal gale eddie rabbit you know all those all those acts <laughs> had had crossover hits so i thought that's what country was but you know i was kind of mistaken on that one but uh i really didn't give it a second thought until probably the early 2000s when i really started um you know, entering the world of of country music, and you know, I started with Johnny Cash. You know, working yep. my way up to you know the Willie Nelson and uh, you know Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, um, yeah. and Bill Sapp, You know, mm-hmm. and those, those guys and like you can, I am mean, the seventies is probably my favorite era of country music. There's a lot you know, going on there. Uh, my favorite instrument um, over the last, you know, 20 years of getting to know country music is the uh, steel pedal guitar or the pedal steel guitar. And mm-hmm. just the way just the way that sounds throughout um, songs, then will I mean, all the songs that I have here feature the, the, you know, the, you know, the steel pedal guitar and just the, the sound it makes, uh, you know, throughout those songs is just Something I cherish whenever I listen to them. So yeah. it's basically you know those those early '80s songs that uh, really piqued my interest. But it wasn't until the the 2000s when I really started you know appreciating you know what what that what that uh, genre has meant to a lot of people. So yeah,
2: I just want yeah. to add Ronnie Millsap is one of my favorite artists too. All the singles mm-hmm. that he put out, and one of my favorite concerts I ever went to was yes. at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, and it was Ronnie Millsap opening for Glenn Campbell oh, wow. and uh, you know and also one of the greatest thrills of my entire career I got to interview Glenn Campbell and mm. uh, it was such a he uh, was a treasure to talk to a really nice guy and one of the greatest talents for the greatest guitar players you know <laughs> you'd ever right. want to know for great sure, session man. man plus all the great songs that he oh did. absolutely and yep. you know his 60s and 70s output you know love those songs Wichita oh, yeah. Lineman and Rhinestone Cowboy and of course all, 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 all the Jimmy Webb yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. 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 This right here is what I consider the greatest uh uh crunchy record of all time. This is Willie Nelson's Redhead Stranger. I'm um, a big fan of that of that record and um you know. It's just an amazing, amazing country record, but yeah. uh, but you know, going back to the to fifties when when uh, these four lads were you know getting into music. I mean, there was they were getting all these records and you know from the port of Liverpool and you know finding out about all these all these records. Uh, Ken, what were some of the uh, you know the country western act that they were learning about? Um, you know, well, back I, then?
2: I I think that um, if you if you follow what they were uh, performing live, there was a lot of Carl Perkins. And yep. rockabilly music took from yes. country music, right.
1: mm-hmm. and it, it isn't
2: just the fact that they recorded Carl Perkins songs, but the guitar playing of George Harrison—he emulated mm-hmm. Carl Perkins' style of guitar playing, and that not only showed up in the Carl Perkins covers that they did, but also in songs like "I'm a Loser" or yeah. um, you know, "I Don't Want to Spoil the Party." for example. Mm-hmm. I could hear the Carl Perkins influence there. If you go back um, a song that you know we may overlook here in this show, Nobody's Child, which the Beatles recorded with Tony Sheridan, was uh, a Hank Snow hit from uh, 1950, I believe. Ringo has always been a very big country fan in particular. He would talk about someone like Gene Autry as being an influence yep. on him. Uh, George Harrison's talked about Slim Whitman for example, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, you can hear, even though I haven't really read too much from the Beatles about Hank Williams uh, or Jimmy Rogers, but I definitely hear it in George Harrison. I'll just give you one example here. I know we're going to be talking about so many songs, but um, Rockin' Chair in Hawaii Mm
3: -hmm. for
2: Braidwashed, Um, if you actually listen to the guitar riff in there, Um, forgive me for this very quick sing here. That's actually from a Hank Williams song called Long Gone Lonesome Blues. But if you go back to Jimmy Rogers' music of the 20s and 30s, he he yodeled a lot, you know? And he had that same melody in a lot of his songs. So whether it's Jimmy Rogers or Hank Williams, George was absorbing this, you know, and it showed in that particular song, which he rehearsed during all things must pass. It mm. wasn't rock and chair in Hawaii yet, but right. you know, I can point that out in particular. Mm. Okay. Those are a few examples there.
0: Right. Joe, what were your, um, growing up discovering, um, Beatles and not being the biggest country fan? I mean, what, what, how do you look at songs like uh, Act Naturally and What Goes On and Don't Pass Me By from Ringo?
3: Yeah, well, I always thought of Ringo as being uh, the most maybe influenced by country. Maybe it's, it, maybe him and George, uh, of course. And when we get to solo stuff, I found more Ringo uh, country <laughs> mm-hmm. songs to go with. Yeah. But uh, I think at the time when I was very young and I first heard Act Naturally, I thought that really sounded... Very different from any Beatles song, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. understand it all, you know, but now I get it, and of course later on Ringo would go to do it again uh right. with Buck Owens, you know so but uh I, I always liked everybody's trying to be my baby when George would sing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. uh yeah. that's always always a a good uh, rockabilly country type of song. I always liked that one I don't know i I guess at a young age, I didn't really uh, make the connection it's only later on. You know, as I learned about that stuff, I started realizing the origins and, you know, their influences, really. Mm -hmm, Like like most of us. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Yeah. Kit, I mean, what were some of the standout uh, tracks for you, um, Beatle-wise, that, you know, had a little country influence?
1: Well, I would say uh, uh, Honey Don't was mm, uh, oh definitely yeah, had sure. that yeah, yeah had that kind of uh, twang what goes on obviously right. I mean that's that was sort of the, the the Beatles you know one of their their attempts at uh, at country uh Rocky raccoon you could argue yes. I mean yeah yes. I mean yeah. you know it's but but here's the thing you know with and this is one of the things I, I love about the Beatles that you know they would take these influences but they didn't just copy them you know, so right. like a lot of the songs that I was thinking of, like, I've just seen a face like, you know, that can be, uh, you know, certainly a, done in a country style, but it wasn't straightforward country. Um, you know, when you first heard it, I wasn't immediately thinking, you know, I mean, something like Don't Pass Me By or What Goes right. On, you know, mm-hmm. those hit you right away. Um, yes. you're like, <laughs> oh of course country, but, uh, but some of the others like that, you know, they're not. And, and I think, uh, Ken, I think you mentioned, I don't want to spoil the party. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's more of an, and and, uh, comments uh, we've had here talk about rockabilly and absolutely. I mean, you know, some of them are more of a rockabilly and I just wanted to add one more thing about influences that Chet Atkins Mm -hmm. um, was a huge influence on George's guitar playing and, And, uh, you know, and he talked about, of course, he played a country gentleman and and the whole thing. And so, (laughs) yeah, I mean, so he was another, uh, you know, figure that that had an enormous impact on George's playing.
0: Right, right. You You know, know, one thing. Oh, go ahead, Ken.
2: I was just going to say, you know, it's it's easy to to look at songs that are in the country vein. But I was just talking about George Harrison's guitar playing. Most of my childhood, whatever I heard, All My Loving. To me, that's a rock and roll song. And then I'll read somebody say, well, it has a country and western feel to it. And if you think yeah. about the the lead guitar playing from George, yeah, it has that kind of swing mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. So it's how they incorporate that into their own music.
3: It right, isn't right. just
2: country songs written in a country style. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. I
1: mean that's that's right. what
2: yeah. rock and roll is. It's an amalgamation of Country music and R and B, you know, mixing yeah. all that together, mm-hmm.
0: right? Agreed. And blue, you know, yeah. blues, blues, blues. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I to give a shout out to a gentleman named uh, Jack Fallon. What did do you, know what uh, Jack Fallon uh, did? Kittle And so, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, Jack Fallon. Do you know what what role Jack Fallon had to play on uh, a Beatles track? No, I, have to I put don't you on actually. The spot. Oh, he played violin. Yeah. He played violin. On Don't pass him by.
1: Oh, that's right. I uh, yeah. forgot his name. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. Brain fart. Yeah.
0: Okay. No. Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but No, anyways, no, I, um, I totally forgot yeah. his
1: name, but yeah, no, absolutely. And that was, you know, that, that just, as I said, just obviously screamed country, but yeah, that's the thing. Like there were different songs and, and we'll talk about them in the solo years that, We're not straightforward country, but there were a couple like I could totally see a country artist doing, you know, I mean, because it had that kind of the kind of lyrical content, the guitar work, what you know, kind of typical country chord progressions. So, um, you know, so that's that's the thing. But again, I think that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that made them so great that they didn't just imitate, you know, genres. They took them and incorporated them and made it their own.
0: You know, when um, I believe it was um, while watching Let It Be that uh, I was introduced to the uh, lap steel guitar and while John playing that for For You Blue. Yep. And um, yeah, and that that's where I was, you know, first introduced to that, you know, whole steel guitar, you know, instrument and falling in love with it um, after, you know, hearing it throughout you know, on other songs. And uh, that was, uh, I think, uh, another you know, flute that uh, was in a, in, a, in a Beatles song because that that you, you um, notify that or you recognize that instrument as a as a country instrument. Um, that's where I think it gets its um its most um most street cred is it's more of a you know a uh, country uh country style um instrument. But, um, Ken, anything else you like to add for those um you know influences that country have on on the Beatles?
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned For You Blue because when I hear the, the guitar solo in there, that has a country influence to me, yeah. you know, and um, I don't want to have to sing again. I want to spare people <laughs> of this. <laughs> but George has has once in a while written songs where he's got this particular interval and it's very much in a country or blues vein, like in For You Blue, uh, because she's sweet and lovely to go, I love you. I love mm-hmm. you. And it's the same thing like in rock and chair in Hawaii. I think Deep Blue might even be like that. Yeah. But um yeah. you know, I think it, it all it all comes out somehow. It may not spell country hundred percent, but right. the country country influence is there. Um mm-hmm. and one of our one of our uh, viewers mentioned uh, Mother Nature's Son. Yes, which could right. fit in there, which John Denver also covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on to, um, to solo Beatles. And, you know, we, if you were collecting um, records at that point in time, you got, you pretty much got a dose of country right off the bat um, on, on, uh, on two records that uh, George and, and Ringo um, released. But um, Joe, let me start with you. What were some of the, uh, the songs that, um, that the solo uh, Beatles released that uh, you noticed had a, had a, you know, a country feel to it?
3: Well, the first and one of the most obvious ones, and some people have even mentioned it, is "Sally G," mm-hmm. the called uh, mm-hmm. the B side of Junior's Farm, and uh, doesn't Chet Atkins uh, play on that too?
2: Um, no, Lloyd. Not Green on that on one. Is yeah. on that. What does he
3: say? Take it. Does he say something about Chet at the end of it? Take or it. Or I think he's going to take it, chaps. No. Yeah. It oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Chet okay, Atkins. So we'll- I be-
2: Chad Atkins, I believe, is on Walking in the Park with Eloise. Walking in the Park yeah. with yes. Eloise. Yes. Okay, okay. We'll mm-hmm. So, of course, yeah. that
3: one, and uh, I mean, I have a bunch of picks here, stuff that I always thought Man, We Was Lonely had a little bit of maybe a uh, yeah. mm-hmm, we are fine all the while, kind of, kind of like yeah. Not to, <laughs> to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And uh, going to each different beetle. I mean, uh, Ringo, of course, I think stuff like Short of Fall, which is an old standby. You can mm-hmm. find his version on uh, Stop and Smell the Roses, is one that I enjoy. Sunshine, Life for Me. Yep. Uh, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's I love that song. That's yeah. very uh, country-flavored and on mm-hmm. I like on uh, Roto-Gravure. Um, I was thinking some George stuff, uh, if not for you. Mm-hmm. song but it sounds very country flavored to me on all things must pass and I was thinking even miss O'dell has mm-hmm. a little bit of that feeling to it a little bit okay. uh, trying to look you know think of more obscure stuff maybe not stuff that you know we'd think of right off the bat and you know want to save stuff for other people too uh, mm-hmm. finally was listening to this album. Buku Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yay. Uh.
3: <laughs> and you know, I have said this before. I mean, I I really like Ringo and uh is a solo artist and pretty familiar with most of if not all of his albums, but this is one of those albums that I just never played much. And I was listening to it and I did like a few songs off here, quite quite a lot. Now, Buku's the Blues the title track. I, I grew up with that on Blast From Your Past. I mean, as a one of the compilation songs, you know, from when I was like 13. I always liked that. So I had years to let that sink in. But I, I enjoyed Love Don't Last Long, mm-hmm. Loser's Lounge,
1: yep. Fastest yep. Heartache
3: in the West. I mean, <laughs> those are my favorites from the album. Um, mm-hmm. After a while, I think, listening to it intently, I think it started to wear a little bit for me as the album went on, but I'll give him some more listens. Those are the ones that hit me off this. And then when you come to John, I mean, how much stuff I I, I was not able to think of that much John stuff. Uh I know there's a couple that I'll save for somebody else. Uh <laughs> you know, so I don't want to take all of them. But uh How about Life Begins at Forty, which was not officially mm. done by by him, but it was a country esque flavor that maybe Ringo could have done, he thought. Mm. And uh, those are some off off the top of my notes that I kind of uh, picked
0: okay
2: I Yeah, very good.
0: Yeah. Ken Michaels, what do
3: you uh, what do you think?
2: Uh, let's see. The ones for Ringo are kind of similar to Joe's. The by the way, the Bukuza Blues album we have to do an entire show on. Yes. Not, yeah, yeah. Uh, on a I show agree. like this, we'll just run through a few songs that we're going to mention, but. Um, draw is a real favorite of mine on that that, uh, yeah and um, it's even got Jerry Reed in there and Mm -hmm. uh, Ringo making fun of him with uh, when you're hot you're hot (laughs) you're hot one of his his hits I love fastest growing heartache in the west and losers lounge like you said Joe Um, Silent Homecoming is a tearjerker of the song it is probably the most serious song that, that Ringo has ever recorded and, um, you know, about parents waiting for their son to come home from the war, coming home not as they expected him to. Um, and, you know, I, I really love Bukusa Blue Blues a lot more now because it was always difficult for me to sit through an entire country album from anybody. You know, it had nothing <laughs> to do with Ringo. I, you know, I, I love country music, but usually in smaller doses. You know, I would hear it on Top 40 radio and hear a song here and there. Um But I especially love the musicianship on on the album. And it's produced extremely well from Mm. Pete Drake, you know, especially when you listen to the CD, which is now, I think it came out in the early 90s. But it's so good. It's mixed so extremely well. And by the way, Scotty Moore from Elvis Presley's band did the engineering on that album. Mm. And uh, DJ Fontana, the drummer from Elvis, did some of the drumming. On Bukuza Blues. Ringo did drum, but so did DJ Fontana. So mm-hmm. I really love Bukuza Blues. Yes, Crying. Crying to me is a classic. Yeah. It's really nice. a very well written song from Ringo with Vinnie Poncia. Write um, One for Me, which I know you're going to mention there, Tom, since you got uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson there. Really, <laughs> they, sound, they sound so good together, those two. Right. Uh, from Ringo Rama. Um, Act Naturally when Ringo did it with Buck Owens. Um, with Paul, obviously, "Sally G." "Sally G." is one of the greatest B sides from Paul, even though it was a double A side hit. Everything right. about that record is so perfect: the melody, Paul's vocals, the steel guitar part in it. It was executed so well, you know. And even at the very end, when he knocks on the guitar, you know, "Sally G." You know, and three knocks. You know, it's really cool. Right. Everything about it. It was just. Oh, he captured it so well, the country style, as he did with another B-side with Country Dreamer, which I think worked really well. Um, A song that uh, only now has seen the light of day, though it's been bootlegged for a long time. Same kind of period as Hey Diddle, you know, Um, you know, that's like a a folk country song with violins in there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a song that it's a Denny Lane song, but it's a wing song. It's Send Me the Heart which is also from the same period of 1974. Um, really good country song there. Um, do you want me to mention the other Beatles or we'll all share it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. go ahead. Yeah. For,
2: for John, the, the obvious one is Crippled and yeah. Song, which he, which he called the country and western song. Um, and I actually think that You Are Here really has uh, a very strong country flavor to it. Um, very light song, beautiful song, great way to end the Mind Games album. And um, I think Steel Guitar is in there too. And it's really very, it ha- has a, a very strong country feel to it. So I would definitely put You Are Here in there. George Harrison, obviously, Behind That Locked Door. Um, and since we mentioned uh, Blue of Blues, uh, kudos to Pete Drake, who did the Steel Guitar work on Behind That Locked Door. What led to Ringo making
0: yep. a country you album. Me.
2: You beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: cool.
2: And uh, thank God when um, the remastered All Things Must Pass came out in 2000 as a bonus track, they included "I yep. Live for You," which right. I never understood why was not on All Things Must Pass to begin with. It's a great yeah, right. song. It is. You know, um, right. and that also has pedal steel guitar from right. from Pete Drake. It's a great country song there. Um, I'll give a little wink here to uh, Cowboy Museum <laughs> <laughs> yes. from uh, Wonderwall Music, you know, that's definitely in the country style and instrumental right there. Traveling Wilbury, since we're talking about George Poorhouse, mm-hmm. is very much a country song.
3: Oh, you um, took one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Damn it. I'm saving some from you guys and gals. <laughs> <right. laughs> All right. All right. So now that um, I've depleted okay.
2: all of Kit's songs,
1: yeah, they,
3: they, they, <laughs> no, yeah. No. there's some still some here. <laughs> um, oh yeah, we, we got, got a good one still. still. But yep. go ahead, Kit. What do you got?
1: Well, uh, I guess since we're we're in the the George uh, f- uh, frame of mind here, um, I thought if you believe from George, the album George Harrison has kind of a twangy beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which uh it's not straightforward country as i said you know a lot of them a lot of these songs are not straightforward but um and uh, even simply shady from dark dark horse has a little bit yeah. of a country twang in the guitar you know but both of these songs i'm mentioning of war george's
3: guitar is a lot like that i i was thinking it, the same thing exactly. so many songs and it sounds it sounds esque
1: yeah it and really does i mean it really struck slide me slide guitar Yeah, exactly. It really struck me as as I was preparing for this. It's like, wow, you know, there's. I mean, his he really borrowed from country with with his guitar, you know, playing uh, style. Um, I think we've mentioned, if not for you, uh, behind that locked door. Um, And uh, and yeah, I live for you. Is is as you said, Ken? I think yeah. Why wasn't that on the album? Because it's it's a beautiful. Beautiful song. Um, as far as Paul goes, and and a couple of uh, astute uh, viewers here have uh, mentioned it already. Get it as uh, duet anyway. with Carl Perkins. <sighs> which is a lot of fun. Oh, and I take that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's okay.
3: laughs> sorry, I'm writing another one down. That I'm
1: sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, And another one that a couple of people have mentioned is my one of my personal favorites, "Heart of the Country."
3: Uh-huh. Uh, I oh, have yeah, to,
1: sure. yeah, I have to say whenever I'm. Visiting Wisconsin, and I'm driving through some of the farms there. I swear to God, I I play that song. (laughs) I always do. It's just a, it's just such a great, you know, feel good. And a lot of Paul songs, like Country Dreamer, they're kind of idealized, uh, you know, romantic pictures of country living. And and uh, um, I've always thought Three Legs uh, Tom had, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, had a bit of a, of a country, uh, twang to it. Um, And uh, so, and and then somebody mentioned in the comments too, "Walking in the Park with Eloise." It's again not straightforward, but of course, Chet Atkins plays on it, Mm. and um, and so, (laughs) yeah, right, yeah, and and uh, no, and and, you know, it's really uh, a beautiful, beautiful song, and and I, uh, you know, so there is again not straightforward country, but I would definitely say that you know it's it falls under that. Uh with John, as, as you said, Joe, there weren't quite as many to choose from, but uh viewer mentioned John Sinclair,
3: which yeah. I have that really on my list as a with a question mark. Yeah. And I, sh- I feel a little vindicated now.
1: Yeah, you've got <laughs> to pick up. it on my list. You gotta pick twangy. up so no. Yep, hadn't thought of that. I uh, hadn't thought of that. Uh, <laughs> crippled, yeah, crippled inside, which is one of my favorite tracks of his. Period, and oh. and that is, you know, that is absolutely country. Um, I was trying to. I swear that some country artists recorded Jealous Guy at one point, and I've been researching this. Maybe I completely hallucinated this, but uh, but I swear, and maybe I'll throw it out. Excuse me to the audience too. That you know, I swear that some country artists did a cover and and i haven't been able to find it because i could see it being a a country cover i mean Mm -hmm. you know absolutely i mean the 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 lyrics uh and so forth so i i think um you know and kind of like um hold on from the plastic ono band i mean it has kind of a twangy guitar to it i you know it's a bit more r&b leaning but Mm -hmm. i could see it being a country cover so uh so yeah just a few from uh, john ringo and yes i agree ken we've got to do a buco blues uh, <laughs> episode i i hadn't listened to the whole thing in a long time and it was uh what a pleasure to listen to as you said beautifully produced mm-hmm. beautifully arranged i mean you know pete drake got the cream of the crop when it, when yep. it came mm-hmm. to the musicians and boy, does it show. And Ringo sounds like he's just having a ball, you know, and right. he really yeah. does. You can tell this, this was like his dream, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, leave other comments for our, for our later show, but it's great. But for other uh, songs, uh, so, um, so wrong for so long from uh, give more yeah. love. Yep. Um, yep, That was real straightforward uh, kind of country co-written with Dave Stewart. And apparently he and Dave Stewart were thinking about doing a country album together.
2: Right. Yeah. That. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And, um, too bad it you know never happened. I would have loved to have heard it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you may have already mentioned this, Ken, but crying, um, love mm-hmm. that one, um, and uh, wrong all the time from choose love has a bit of a country tinge to it, uh, and of course the duet with Buck Owens of, of act naturally. I mean that I mean I love the the I love Buck's version. I love the <laughs> Beatles version. Yeah, and to have the two of them together. Um, and yeah. again, they just sound like they're they're having a blast, and so yeah. that is. is there's,
0: cool. a, uh, there's a fun video that, that accompanies uh, the song yeah, as well. The video's yep. nice. yes. Yeah, the video
3: is
1: nice. Yeah, the video is really cute. Yeah, it really is. Right. So, uh, so right. yeah, and um, oh, and somebody mentioned here, um, and this is true that you know, Blue Moon of Kentucky
3: was oh, yeah. my nice. favorite.
1: Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Paul, of course, has done versions of it uh, when the th- the Threedles were uh, were mm-hmm. doing, you know, recording anthology the, in the anthology sessions. They jammed on it. So clearly a, a favorite of theirs. So. Uh, so, yes. Right. Thank you, Michael Rice. That is very true. That's yeah. a good one. Cool.
2: And when, awesome. when Paul when Paul performed Blue Moon of Kentucky on Unplugged. And even mm-hmm. in the uh, the live recordings from Wings that we yeah. just got from Red Rose Speedway, that bonus uh, limited edition yeah. disc, you know, he starts off the Bill Monroe version of mm-hmm. Blue Moon of Kentucky, goes into Elvis Presley's version. So mm-hmm. that was a really cool arrangement,
0: right? Cool, great, yeah, great picks from all of you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, a lot of my picks like i said earlier feature that that pedal steel guitar and you know right off the bat you know we got to think of uh, pete drake who uh contributed you know to four songs uh behind that locked door bell to sir frankie crisp all things Ooh. must pass and and if you really want a great understanding uh, of of how great of a player he is listen to i live for you i just think that his playing yes. on on that track is is just just beautiful um you know and then we you know from that you know. Uh, Pete, Pete learns about how big of a, a country fan Ringo is when he went to, when Ringo sent his car to go pick him up. And, uh, you know, from that interest, uh, you know, we've got the Buku's, the Blues, um, album. And, you know, you guys already mentioned $5 or $15 draw and losers sounds which, you know, for me is, you know, starts those, you know, silly, you know, Ringo songs that we got, you know, throughout most of his, uh, you know, solo career. Uh, another one I love, I really love a lot is, uh, wine, women and loud, happy songs. I think that's another one that, um, the Ringo sings very well. Uh, we got to give it to, uh, Nikki Hopkins on the, uh, tack piano it's called for a uh, Crippled inside, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's more of like a honky tonk style piano. Um, I think uh, someone one of you guys mentions life for me. If you want to hear yeah. a really cool cover, listen to Don McClain's cover uh, version yeah. of, the, of that song. It's Ooh. it's an excellent country western song, and uh, Ringo gets help from the band on that song. And uh, you know, violins, mandolins, banjos you can't go wrong with that. You know, <laughs> there's some really good stuff on there.
2: It's a um, It's a Ringo hoedown.
0: Yeah, it is. Sure is. It sure is. Um, Henry McCullough's slide guitar on uh, "Country Dreamer" is is uh, beautiful, uh, very country esque. On that, um, you know, obviously we already mentioned Sally G. Um, another name, Lloyd Green. He uh, did the pedal steel guitar on that song. Now, if you want to see how great of a pedal steel guitar player uh, he is, also listen to uh, Linda's "Love Loves Flow Glory" from uh, "Wide yes. Prairie." uh, amazing pedal steel guitar work on that track. Absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, then you get, you know, in the eighties, that's when you really get to see, um, these, uh, uh, well, you get to see George, uh, John and, and I'm not sorry, Paul and uh, Ringo work with the, you know, country acts, um, that they admired in the past. And then you got to see, um, Paul and Johnny Cash do a duet together. Um, they vacationed, uh, in Jamaica and, um, Paul had a new moon over Jamaica uh went over to visit uh Johnny Cash and um they knocked out a uh a cover of that and this is the album right here I don't know if you guys can see it it's called um Water from the Wells of Home uh I suggest you guys check that out There's, so you know Waylon Jennings is on it uh, I think Glenn Campbell's on it uh Waylon's wife uh Josie or Jessie uh, is on there great stuff um, what else? So much stuff, great stuff. You know, Ringo, uh, another Ringo, you know, the, we talked about that Willie Nelson song, right? One for me earlier on Ringo Rama. And, um, you know, the issue I have with that is, you know, you got the pedal guitar on there, but it's really low in the mix. So it sounds more like a more of a rocker to me than an actual country song, um, which is kind of funny because, you know, you have Willie Nelson on there and um, yeah. you figure it'd be more of like more, you know, down home country and not as much as a rocker. That's just my opinion, though. But um, and then, like you said, Kit, so wrong for so long. Again, another um you know, fine, uh, fine uh, country song from Ringo. So yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of you know a lot of influence and a lot of um, you know guest spots from from their from their um, heroes that they worshipped you know early on in their career. So there's a lot there. You know. Yeah. You know,
2: uh, and, you and yeah, I should
1: me. mention the the uh traveling Wilburries. Uh you know, Ked uh, mentioned uh one of my uh, one of mine thanks. Uh, <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um and uh but I mean, you know, even handle with care end of the line, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those are all um you know, country tinged um, songs, and so right. you know, you really hear it in uh, in that work too. And it's um, right. yeah, so that's somebody just mentioned this. Yeah, Michael, uh, <laughs> I said, yep, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Michael. Uh, if you belong to me from Dylan and George on, and the Volume Three album, so yeah, I mean, it's there. There are a number of, of country influenced tracks on those uh, on right. those albums. There's yeah. a lot of songs
2: and, on the Traveling Wilburys that have a rockabilly feel to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Rattled would be another one Tweeter on you know, the so. monkey
1: man.
2: Yes yeah. Yeah. But you know, you just reminded me of something, Tom And actually um, uh, um, New Moon Over Jamaica also has Tom T. Hall On it, who's another mm-hmm. big country star So right. it was actually a trio you mm-hmm. know, I, wish, I wish there was more vocals Than Paul on it, but it's still nice right. That Paul worked <laughs> with Johnny Cash and Tom T. Hall Oh, Absolutely yeah. um, As far as side projects um, There's one that Dwayne Eddy Did he made an album, uh, and Paul's on it, and George is on it. And the instrumental in particular with, uh, with George is called Theme for Something Really Important, which I think Jeff Lynn wrote. It's very much like a 1950s country and Western film song, instrumental. And it's, it's great. You know, It's okay. one, of the, one of the greatest side projects right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, what Paul did with Dwayne Eddy was an instrumental version of the orchestra theme, which is pretty good. Gotcha, but gotcha. Um, check out theme for something really important, <laughs> really good song. No. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, you know, anything the Christmas you want to add? season.
3: yes, yeah, 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 I do as a matter of fact. The Christmas season okay. is coming around <laughs> before you know it. And <laughs> uh, how about we uh, put on Ringo's Christmas album and do the, the Christmas dance? Uh, hold <laughs> That's kind of, I don't know that's if you're terrible. familiar with that one, but that's very <laughs> much uh, the spirit of the country and uh, <laughs> getting down on doing a little hold down there, Christmas yeah. dance. <laughs> uh, that's one that I was thinking of. Uh, early nineteen seventy, uh, which we talked about bit. in our yeah. lyric, uh, yeah. you know, lyrics uh, show. I think we went through that. But again, with George's guitar, when I hear certain sounds, like uh, a song called "That Which I Have Lost," the, mm-hmm. just the sound of the guitar, twanginess, makes me think about that. Soft-hearted Hannah is another yeah. one from yes. George, possibly, yeah. and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the title makes me think from Paul, Big Barn Bed, maybe. I don't know if you'd say <laughs> that's really country esque. But I love that song actually. I've I have a, I have a yeah. lot of fun with that song. And yeah. uh I'm thinking of a barn, I guess, is was really what it what does it <laughs> Yeah, it someone
0: I, someone mentioned um only one more ki- oh, you know, one more kiss. I thought that was kinda a little bit of a country feel to it as well. That's oh, a good one. Yeah. yeah. Also, um I
2: lie around could mm-hmm. qualify. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and your way from, uh, driving rain has a real strong country feel to it, Mm -hmm. you know? Very Uh, true. Very true. It's scattered all throughout the
0: solo careers of the Beatles. Just got to know where to look. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I uh, thank you, Ken, because um, if it wasn't listening to your show, you did a thematic set where um, it was Paul Duets that he did with other artists. And that's mm-hmm. when I first heard, uh, you know, New Moon over Jamaica. And this is probably, you know, you know, maybe four or five years ago. But um, but yeah, I discovered that song thanks to your show. So thank you. I, I love yeah. uh,
2: throwing in side projects, you know, right. songs that are not on solo beatle albums but right you know songs that they worked on for other people whether they mm-hmm. produced it or wrote it or sang on it it's just another dimension to add you know to right. the whole catalog so
0: mm-hmm. yeah all right cool all, yeah. right. all right well that's uh gonna wrap it up for this show and uh we're gonna go around and get to hear what everybody's got going on so uh ladies first kit um <laughs> You know, uh, command us, tell us what uh, you're going to have going on that we all are going to need to, uh, attend uh, since you are the queen and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) command us. I love
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, um, I am going to be on a couple of podcasts, uh, coming up. One of them is, uh, friends of Dan, which is, uh, Dan miles, uh, does some terrific interviews. Um, Ken, um, um, Ken. Scott Erickson. There are too many Ken's on this show. Like,
2: <laughs> there can never be too, too many to Ken's.
1: Ken <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, Scott Erickson and I are uh, going to be talking about the Abbey Road box set, so that's coming cool. up. Um, I'll also be on uh, the Tomorrow Never Knows podcast with Bob Wilson, who was tuning in earlier tonight. I don't know if he's still here. Uh, we're going to be talking about Anthology. Wednesday, uh, Tom, you mentioned uh, Ken Woman earlier i am actually you know i do my monthly facebook live show and i'm going to have him on and uh to talk about his new book so that'll be this wednesday october 23rd and yep there you go The tom's holding up the book um, at a special time um it's going to be 7 p.m eastern so hmm. uh tune into that uh and i am uh, now that i'm i'm getting over this thing I've, I've all you know, this Rochester, um, <laughs> Rochester <duck>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I will be getting back to my columns very soon. So just, you know, check my website, check my Facebook page and, uh, and you'll get all the latest on, on, uh, stuff that, uh, that I'm working on.
3: Great. Great. Uh, Joe, what's, uh, what's up with you, my friend? Well, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, and on that particular channel, I have a video. It's uh, kind of a response. One of the newest ones I've done. Someone uh, alerted me to a video by an, a big Elvis fan who apparently felt that the Beatles, particularly later on after Elvis passed away, used to mock Elvis. And I did a response video and what I thought of that. And you know i I didn't really I kind of got the gist of what he meant, but I didn't really feel hundred percent that that was fair and that was my latest uh video that I think really is interesting if you wanna watch uh, you'll see the title itself about that in response about um you know so called Beatles mocking Elvis. And uh, I I love Elvis and the Beatles. There's you know there's room for both. Check that and,
1: out. And also don't forget to watch this a wonderful video uh, that Joe did uh, tri- oh, in, yeah. in tribute <laughs> to an infamous London
3: fan. All the Beatles records. I got every <laughs> Beatle record at home. Every Beatle record. And we didn't get to see him. What kind of police protection? Well, I like to get a piece of the Beatles at least. So you you don't want to miss it. Uh, and a little comedy too. Oh, you know. <laughs> great. Uh, you sounded great. just like him.
1: You sounded. Just yeah, like, I sound it, like him. Yeah, yeah. Sound... <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: You know, well, you know that clip. Yes.
0: Yeah. Who does yeah. yeah. uh, Before Ken and I uh, do ours, Kit, wants don't you to tell
1: everybody how they can hold with the Talk More Talk Crew? Certainly, uh, you can of course go to our Facebook page, uh, which you're on right now if you're uh, if you're watching this. But uh, you can go there. You can follow that us on Twitter. Kid. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter um, at talk more, talk one. That's number one. Yep. You can also email us, uh, talk more, solo talk at gmail.com. And of course, uh, after this is over, you will find this in a couple of days on YouTube, um, and virtually any other, uh, service you can think of, including I heart radio. I heart radio. So finally right. on it. <laughs> we're finally on it. So, so you can yeah. find us pretty much everywhere. So, um, and, uh, Tell your friends. Yes, please do. If you enjoy this show and if you know
0: anybody else that is a fan of the solo Beatles uh, career, please let them know about the show and um, we'll be very appreciative. So, Ken Michaels, what are you going on? Okay,
2: I have my website, which is kenmichaelsradio.com. Every single week there's Beatles trivia on there. It's it's automatic. You should just automatically think that for week to week. It's nothing new. But you have a choice of one of nine prizes to win. Books, CDs, DVDs, kits, books, songs. We were singing as one of the nine prizes. And uh, Beatles trivia can be easy one week, difficult <laughs> the next week. You know, I just did a trivia a trivia question because we we're on iHeart Radio a few <laughs> weeks ago, and it had to do with titles that have the word "heart" in the title. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, maybe maybe I'll do a thematic set on my show this Wednesday about that, or maybe I'll do some more duets. Yeah, yeah. I'm acknowledging that. But I do a live show. There's actually two versions of Every Little Thing. Uh, There's a Mm -hmm. live broadcast on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. So you can listen right after Kit and Ken. Listen (laughs) to another Ken. And uh, it's on WNHU, which you can stream at WNHU.org. Beatle music, solo music, a thematic set, the latest Beatle news. And uh, that's always a lot of fun. Then there's a syndicated version of the show. There's a page on my website. If you look at every little thing, there's a page for that, which lists all the radio stations that carry that um, and their broadcast times and links to their uh, radio stations. And finally, there's my other podcast show, Things We Said Today, with Darren DeVivo and Alan Kozen. We just recorded a show right before this one. <laughs> and it's one of our longest shows, which should make Tom very happy. Yes. And um, <laughs> we're talking about. The meeting that everyone's ah, been talking about,
0: very where interesting. Um,
2: you know John Paul and George getting together, talking about uh, making another album after Abbey Road.
0: Okay. And
2: so uh, Alan has so much to say about that, but it's a fascinating part of the Beatles story. So many twists and turns. You know, you didn't know which direction it was going to go into. And 1969, as we're learning more and more, was such a crazy year. So many things happening. And um, what led to the Beatle breakup. And it's, it's so fascinating to study. And we just go really deep into a conversation <laughs> about this meeting. And Alan knows awesome. so much more about it than the rest of us. And he really enlightened us on it all. So um, awesome. that will be posted probably by Friday because there's a lot of editing involved. <laughs> 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 so um, that will be on Podbeam and iTunes and YouTube. So, a lot going on. Great,
1: great, thank you very much.
3: Okay.
0: Um, so for me, for two legs, myself and my co host Andy Nichols, we just posted our interview with uh, Adrian Allen who is the author of this Paul McCartney after the Beatles um, Adrian Allen is a musician he's took the uh, musicians point of view for this book and wrote a lot wrote about 80 songs and broke them down note to note and you know chord structure and all that stuff we learned a lot by having him on the show so check that out we're on YouTube so you can head over to YouTube type in two legs and subscribe to our channel we are now on iTunes after so many Fun struggles that we just, you know, one thing right after another. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So you can head over there. We're on Podbean as well. Uh you can email us at two legs podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at two legs podcast. Um, we're having a lot of fun. We're now a video cast as well. So check that out. And um another great show. Thank you very much, you uh you three. And uh, look forward to uh, see us in two weeks. I'm sure we're going to be discussing a new release that's going to be coming out. I won't give any hints away, but if you don't know, then you <laughs> must be living under a rock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait.
0: Yes. So for Kittle Tool, Ken Michaels, Joe Mayo, I'm Tom Hunyadi saying, well, I was born on the eve of Halloween and snookeroo, Snookaroo, snookeroo's my name. Take care, everybody. Peace and <laughs> love.